You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. You're very welcome to the show tonight. I hope I find you well on this Wednesday evening. I'm delighted to say that my guest this week on Stand Out with myself, Ian O'Connell, is Ambrose O'Donovan. Ambrose is a Radio Kerry sports commentator. He also captained Kerry to the centenary year All-Ireland title in 1984. Sit back and enjoy the show. Ambrose, thanks a million for coming in today to me. You're more than welcome in, and how are you? I'm not too bad. No news by you? Definitely a bit. We're waiting for the Adonahu Cup now. We are. Semi-finals, that's what we're waiting upon. Guinea and Spa and Crooks and Legion. I said I'd get you in now before the game in case we weren't talking after. <laughs> that's right, yeah. You would be, of course, uh, the Spa boys are, but they'll take it handy on us. We're on a young team now, don't you know yourself? We're on a finding our way, so Spa and established side. Uh, so we'll do the best we can. We'll give you a game anyway. Take it out. Do you know, and that's all... Nothing worse than a one-sided game. Sure exactly, exactly, exactly. We've seen a few of them now this year. We, we went a good tight game. And whoever wins may the best team win after that. Exactly. And that goes for any level, you know, club or county. Absolutely. You want a, a one-sided game. Um, I always ask my my guests at the start to kind of take me back to their kind of childhood growing up and stuff. Do you want to yeah, paint I a bit of a, a picture of what, what the young Ambrose is like? Well, I suppose I grew up in, in Touring Cahill. That was what I'd... I had four brothers and, and, and a sister. That was, that was six or five brothers, actually. And my, my oldest brother immigrated to Australia in 1975. So I, I remember him. He took me to my first game when I was nine years of age. That's Patrick. God rest him. He died in Australia. But, uh, yeah, it was fairly hectic times. There was there was always a football in the house. There was always football boots thrown in the shed. There was my mother, God rest her soul. There was always football tags, football socks on the line drying. And that time, the woman had no washing machine, God rest her. She'd have to wash them by hands. But it was always a GA house, in fairness. And I think both my parents, mum and dad, promoted GA as well. Yeah. And um, playing with club then and stuff, what would be your, your first memory, Kerry? Was that game with your, your brother Playing with club growing up, what was? What was I remember. I remember there was a match that stuck in my memory. I suppose it was, it was a big deal for me. It was an under twelve final for us, Guinea against the North Man, and at the time Guinea club was only founded in nineteen sixty two. The year I was born, actually, but I remember playing that final. It was played in the, the small pitch in, in the Fitzgerald Stadium, as you'll call it, and we were playing the North Man. Seamus McCarthy was, was 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 managing the side, and and I came on. I was only nine years of age. But we won the match, but it was the first taste I really had about, about football. At that time, you know, you would be playing football to get recreation, to get yeah. training. It was good for you. It was good to get out of the house and all the rest of it. But that was my first real taste of what it was to win something. And as was at the time, I was too young. But it kicked on from there. Then, and as, as you progress you know, to a 10-year-old and 11-year-old and into the grand old age of 12, when you're playing under 12, and do you know something? Uh, it, it instilled. We were lucky enough, I suppose, and every young fellow is the same all over the country. Once, you, If you have a good, vibrant club in a community, a GA club, whatever it is, GA or soccer or whatever, but if you have a good, vibrant club, an outlet for kids, I think, is fabulous. And I think that's why it's very important. In modern Ireland, moreover, that we have those vibrant clubs and that we have an outlet for, for the youngsters, you know, to express themselves and to train and, and, you know, get out of the house and get away from the computers now, I suppose. In my time, there was no computer. There wasn't even a mobile phone in my time. So we, we actually had the football. It was our, our love. But, I mean, it's important we get back to that and, you know, put the mobile phones and the computers aside and let youngsters know that there is, you know, there are other things to get very interested in and give of our time rather than be on a computer or a PlayStation all the time. And, like, nowadays, like you said, with phones and stuff there, you see the likes of the, the younger people coming into the... The Kerry team, even like in the amount of scrutiny around them, you know, after games on social media and and stuff, it must be it must have been kind of 
night and day to when when playing oh, absolutely Ian in my time that was not just thing I mean we went out not that we were going out celebrating or drink or anything <laughs> like that Ian God forbid God no not at it was all, a halo no. of all we were going to the friary and, and to the cathedral and the masses and things no we did that too but we had our no but you're dead right no and it's something you know if, if, if that's this, this thing there's mobile phones they can video and all the rest of it there's a lot more pressure on but, but we're lucky enough I think in that we have great ambassadors you know in Kerry all the way up along I think I don't it is. There was every kind of team I was involved in, as you could say, there were fellows who went out there, you know, to, to blackguard or, or to abuse anybody. Yeah. You know, fair enough, we, we, we all had maybe too much to drink at times and probably said things we shouldn't have said, but at the end of the day, by and large, Kelly team, you respected the jersey you were in. You know, there's respect and an onus of duty on you. The people that have gone before you that wore the Kelly jersey, that we all respect it. That's, that's an inwritten rule with, with any Kelly player. And I think, you know, once you come, be it under 16, minor, under 21, senior, there's a respect hurling in football that you respect the green and gold jersey. As I said, you know, as a marker, respect to the people who have gone before and have been great ambassadors for the game. I think the onus of duty is on us and the current players as well, now in particular. But I would have to say they are a credit to us. Absolutely. And there, like you said, there's ambassadors all all the, the way up. Going back to Ginigula, the um, Odenhu Cups, three, was it 79, 80 and 83, right. was that? That's right. We what? lost a good few of them as well now, by the way. But fair play to you. You're, 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 a good, you're a good man to interview. You told me the good ones, the ones we won. Uh-huh. I lost quite a few of them now as well. But yeah, you're dead right. I remember... You know, as, as the club said, coming up, I suppose, we were striving. I was lucky enough, and I'd be lucky both at club and county, but at club, when I came up at the club, you know, they had, I remember watching Guinea-Guinea G- G- play at Spa in 1975, and the bulk of the team were 16 and 17 years of age. They were a young side, my own brother included, now Neely was there, now Massey would have been there, John McCarthy, Tado, Dan Sullivan, God rest him, Eugene Leary, Ty Collins, Mike Minan, these were all fellas, they were very young fellas. But they give a very established spa side, a good spa team. Now they were very strong, you know. Spa team would have included Mick Leeson, Donny O'Sullivan, Pat Casey. But these were good footballers, the Cahills. They were great players. But Guinea that I remember going to that match, and I thought Guinea would have put up a fabulous performance. And he spa won by a couple of points. And, you know, it, it took off from there. And that, you know, the way you get a bunch of young fellas that, that come together and stay together. Yeah. It's one thing coming together. But it's another thing, staying together. Yeah. And that team stayed. And I was lucky enough that I came on that team, I think, around, what, 77, let's say. And I, I just broke into the team. I was young at the time. I suppose I played. I was 16, maybe at the time, 15 or 16. I think I was 15 when I started. But we were, you could see that there was there was something, you know, special about that side from, from a guinea Willow perspective. You now going up along the line, I remember we had a full back line that time. I'd always say, you know, you had Dennis Murphy, Dan Keefe, Richie Mack. Now, Paddy Hickey in goals, you Ty Collins centre-back, Eugene Leary, Donald Connor, Michael Murphy, Dennis Minan, myself for midfield, you Neely, Tado, you my brother Massey, John McCarthy, Humphrey Minan, you know, Shani Leary, they were all great players. And they all came together, which was unusual for a small club. And we clicked, and that's what I think the first one we won. First, I don't know who we won, it was against Spa, and we were down four points, and we had lost our captain, you won't mind me saying it, John McCarthy. It was we, she got rest to send him off as well the same day. Really? But, yeah, it was, yeah. But, I mean, no. Some people say he deserved it. Most people say he didn't. If we're Guinea Willem, man, you would say he, he should have stayed on the pitch. Yeah. If we're Spa, man, you would say he should have been gone earlier. That's the line, that's, that's, that's the way it is. I'm, 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 I'm sitting on the fence. George's a great friend of mine. But, you know, and then we won by a point. I, I think Sean, I got a goal the same day, and Sean Lear, I got a goal. We won by a point, and it kicked off from there. And I, I always felt like, you know, we were a club that boxed above our weight. Yeah. Because we were we were still a small rural club. 
You know, we didn't have that fantastic large pick. We didn't have a big volume of people. But we were lucky enough, I suppose, that our fellows, and it's important in every walk of life, you had fellows that were, you know, they came together you know, and, and they went under the banner of Guinea Willie, but they believed like that we could do things as a team. Yeah. There was no individual. It was a team game. And everybody, we know, we, we drank together. You know, we lost together. But we were a team. Whatever we did, we were a team. Whether we won or lost, it was always a team. Adam, it was always there. And it remained right through... Right to the finish, maybe up to what was the younger team came on. I would have been part of the younger team then as well. They came in, in maybe 85 from there up. But I remember from, from 77, 78, 79, up to about 84, 85, there was a fierce, loyal team. And we had great days. Like we, yeah. As I say, we did box above our weight. I remember, I'll tell you a story now. We played, we won the Odin Hook Cup in 80. And at that time, it was a different setup. You would have to... You'd have game against Stax. He beat Stax. Yeah, but before they had done that, we played the Odin Hook Up on Friday night. We played Beaufort, which was a good side as well. Yeah. In there was a quarter final. And then we had to play Stax in the semi-final. And Stax that time boasted. Like, I tell you, we midfield was now Dini Long and John O'Keefe for midfield. Ger Paul was playing. Mikey Sheehy was playing. Ger Keefe, Anthony Keefe, John L, Gary Scollard, Teddy Brick, you know, Billy Cotton had a strong side. Yeah. And we were down seven points at half time. And a lot, even our own loyal supporters were went down to mm. a well known local distillery in Killani, Jimmy O'Brien's, which was a, a place where you had you celebrated it down to your sorrows. And we we five or six of our boys went down at half time. We were down seven points. And when we came down at full time, <laughs> full time, someone went in and said the couple of the boys, geez, that was a great comeback by Guinea Willa. Uh. Oh I know he said I know I needed that stuff, he said. It was great of him to get to it. And he didn't, there was a couple didn't believe it, but we did. We beat, we beat Stacks by a point. And we went on to play Castle and Desmond's in the county final, which was a great game as well. At that time, you know, the, the, the strong clubs were, Legion were strong, Crokes were very strong, Desmond's were strong, Stacks were strong. Not Kerry football was strong that time. Really? Oh, yeah. And what was uh, hurling like back then? Hurling was not Kerry solely. Would it have been big as it is It would have been big enough that, that time, I suppose, that the hurling that time would have been John Bunyan and, and, and yeah. Pat Moriarty. These were good hurlers. But like as a as we didn't have enough of them. Yeah. And I suppose it was played by you know a pocket above a North Kerry. A bit of it played in Kilgarvin, maybe. There wasn't that much of it that time in, in Killarney, to be fair. But I, I was Kinmere and Kilgarvin, and you would not Kerry. But there, there, was, there were good hurlers. There was always good hurlers in Kerry. You know, and I mean, they, they proved it when they went on to play with Munster and everything else. But at the, it was football was big at the time, I suppose, for us. But for Guinea, as I said, we were we were competing with those clubs. Now we were in Division One that time, which was for a small rural club, it was good, it was very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're, they're happy memories. That's something. But just haven't thought about it until we love, which you know, Ian, we should do this more often. I haven't thought about those games until you, you, you as the fellow says, you're jogging my memory. And it's great to look back on them as well. And like you said. You had a good old morale in the club and you lost together. But now that you said that, it was only last night. I was watching uh, Chris Eubank Sr., the boxer, and he was talking about the the loss of his child. And that child looked up to Floyd Mayweather and he said, my own son idolised Mayweather over me. He said, you don't know if Floyd Mayweather is a great champion. He's 50, you know, but they said you only know a good champion when he handles a loss. Yeah. And it's so, it's stuck in my mind and it's so, so true, like that you stayed together as well, like you said, whether oh, yeah. he won, won or lost. You had four National League games under a belt, I was 20, 23 years old, I think. Mm-hmm. And you, you partnered with Jack O'Shea in midfield, did you? I did. We had, I remember, 
I started, I suppose, I was in the panel in 1983. I would have been 21 that time, sorry. I was 21, I was 22 when I captained Kerry. But I was 21 in 83. But I remember a game, and, and it was, I, I never remember, it was for a league game now. And it was my really first time seeing Mick Oduwire in, in a real tentative form. I went on to see him in many occasions after that. But it was a game we played straight away after the five in a row. Offaly had won. And yeah. we played Offaly above in Tullamore. Now, Tullamore is a fabulous stadium since that time. It was the crowd were down top of you. Really? There was no big standard that were down top of you. And the place was jointed. And I was, I was playing, I remember I was playing wing forward. Jerk Paul, Paul, he was inside me in the corner. Jacko and, and who was midfield that year? It was Jacko and Shane Connolly, I'm not sure. But I remember the while, Mikod, God be good to him, he went white. I never before did he do that. And we, we prepared for the league match. Leagues to us that time, I suppose it's different to now. Our preparation for the league wouldn't be of the same standard it is now. You yeah. know, the league, our big thing with the league, if we got to finally win to win it, fair enough. But the big thing was to stay in Division 1. You didn't want to drop down or drop Division down, 1. Yeah. So you, that, the way you would do that was win your home games and maybe pull up one or two uh, if we could. And if not, what you didn't want to be doing was trying to go up the north and win a game at the death, trying to stay up. So we were smart enough to know that. To but Tullamore, like. yeah, Tullamore, I knocked the tension in the room. And do I start to talk? And he said, yeah. I shouldn't have to say anything here, he says, but I'm still going to say it. And God rest P. O'Shea stood up. Miko, he says, you don't have to say anything. And any man that needs you to rev him up here today at what's happening shouldn't put the jersey. He should tear it off his back and throw it down the ground. And at that, Miko started as well. We went, we, oh, stop it. The, but the, the tension in the dressing room. Like, the last, the next, the next time I saw it was for championship. I don't mind it for championship, but this is for a league match. League game, yeah. So, and I said, Jesus, if this is the sign of times to come, I was a nervous wreck myself, Coyote. <laughs> so the next thing, anyway, I was marking Charlie Conroy. Charlie was wing back. And to be fair, no, to Charlie, he wasn't blessed with height. Yeah. Charlie was five foot eight. He was up to my shoulder. But I went for a ball and he pulled across me. And I remember he hit my fingers. And uh, I said nothing. And Paulie came out. And Paulie gave Conroy a bit of a dunt him down the ball. And Paulie says, let the young fella alone. Cool. And I says in my own mind, well, fair play, you have my back. But I says, no, I winked at Paulie. He says, don't worry, what I said. So then the game went on. But poor old Charlie lost it on himself. Anyway. He went for a ball up, jumping up in the ball. And I was going for it, and I didn't have to break stride. Charlie was about a foot off the ground, but I, I buried him. The ball went in, and I won the ball as well. It was a ball he shouldn't have gone for, he yeah. went for it. So I buckled him, and I said, 1-1 one, one, now, I said. I said, I want to continue this way, says I, there's only going to be one winner. And I, I played away, but that was it. But I remember well that day we had great crack, like, because... Do you know what that reminds me of? Remember, was O'Hare for Mayo, he was at David Clifford... And Clifford done his talking with the football. It would have been something like that. You done your talking with the football. And I gave him a dunt as well. Let's say I remember that he was well levelled. I, I remember being bored every time I went for the bar for about 10 minutes after this. But, we, but, was, but that, was the, that was the start of it. And then I got on the, the, the panel in, in the championship panel in 83. But again, and, and you said it earlier, the, the real sign of a team was not so much a team that wins together, but knows how to lose together. Yeah. You can just cast your memory back now to address from the last five in a row, which was a huge, huge thing at the time. I remember being at the game and I remember crying coming over the, the bridge in, in Crow Park after the match. But I mean, 83, we went up to Parky Creeve. Again, the same story, two points up. And Tig Murphy this time inflicted the, the medicine on us, Go beaten ahead. by a point again. And you see, at both times the goals were scored, you had no recovery time. You didn't get a chance to come back. There wasn't five minutes to go. Yeah. Was that the death? 
final whistle kick out blown but that's what I that's what I thought about him and that's why I would have faced respect for the boys because they'd gone through it all and it would have been just as easy for a lot of those fellas to say after 83 look to heck yeah. with it throw my hat but they did not they regrouped and gathered in, 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 in 84 it was, it was unbelievable and we did chat and, and it was P.O. again come up with it I think and Paulie was saying about it and Jacko was saying about it that, you know this is a special year in the GA it's the centenary year yeah. you know, so we've lost five in a row wouldn't it be great to win a centenary all Ireland and at the time it never dawned on me that was 1984 it was 1884 18, was our start of our GA and from there on but it kicked on and that was the last time it was mentioned it was mentioned to the players meeting set off for the thing and Jesus, I, I was asked to sign my piece and I said, Jesus, if I can do anything, of course I will. And that was it. That's what you did. Yeah. We we, we kicked on from there. But but like I said, and, and it is a great statement. It is a great team that knows how to win together. It's an even better team that knows how to conduct themselves when they lose and they come back. Yeah. And I think that, that Kelly team that I was involved in, you would have to say that in, 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 in they had that in abundance. Yeah. It was, they, they were like, fine enough to say you were playing for yourself, but they really respected the Kelly jersey as well. And they were doing it for the people of Kelly as well. Yeah. And um, back then, I, I was reading up uh, John Kinney. He got the the nickname was it shoot? <laughs> was that was was that it? Yeah, and 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 rightly so, because I remember Tommy Dyle was marking him in training, and it was Tommy Dyle came up with that. In fairness to Private, he, he said uh, there was one training session. John Kennedy had fourteen shots at goal. Go ahead. And he got four points, and they were saying John who played one of the backs and far was there. And he said, why wouldn't he? He said, if you keep shooting, you're bound to get, he said, you have to, if you have to score some of them, he said, 14, he said, four out of 14, that's dreadful, he said. And of course, the boys were getting on to Tommy, and the next thing, we were back to the father's training, Tommy died nicknamed him, come on, shoot, try again, you'll shoot from anywhere. <laughs> and that's how, that's how John Kennedy got the name, shoot. At the, um, the, the centenary year there, you were, were you, um, you were obviously, you ended up captaining that, that side when you were so young at that time were you struggling to get into the team or were you you're what? spot on you hit the nail on the head there Ian I, I, in 84 I'd been on the panel in 83 and I was well now to be fair Miko pulled me aside I suppose March and he said to me like you know this is your you know you've done your, your apprenticeship you know I was playing I played a few league matches in 81 and 82 with them I was on the panel in 83 and he said you want to be, make your call and yourself no he said like and we're going to give you a fair cut but it was a real rookie year really for rookie year yeah. absolutely I, I, but I'd been in 83 and I knew I knew all the boys yeah. and I was friendly with all the boys being honest about it you know, there was no man that I wasn't friendly with in that team I would, I'd know them all and I'd consider them all friends and even to this day I'd, I'd, I'd consider myself a friend of all of them but when I came on the team for I had to do two things the first thing was my fitness was at a level they were training very hard yeah. and for me they were training the Kelly team were training hard and the trick with it was you know you get you got the winter off but you didn't stop in the winter yeah kept you, know, going. you kept going you didn't I'm not talking about full-blooded championship training but you have to keep and I I, I learned that and I, I used to my, to get trained when I started training in 84 first I thought the training was very difficult and I had to do bits on my own, and I did bits on my own. I won't say I didn't know all that, but I didn't. Like, there's a pitch below here now, opposite the cathedral, all the Kalani people, not in these Kelly boys. There's three pitches in one. Well, I do a lap of that really? every morning before I go to work. And you, you kind of do it as quick as you could. It would take me about, and you know, when I started off, it would take me maybe for a 40 minutes, I'd be jogging. But then I got it down to, you know, 35. Then I got it down to 30. 
have they been the same layout in pitches since back same then? Same back then. That's what all the three pitches. I used to do the full lap. I'd come in blow on, you know, over Knockreel Bridge and go around the block with it. But that was it. But I eventually got it down and I knew you would actually test yourself and you didn't have to have a stopwatch. You would have no watch in your hand and you'd be saying, oh, maybe this thing took me 40 minutes at the start and then maybe a couple of weeks in, you, you would have done maybe to maybe 36 minutes and then you get it down to 30 minutes. Yeah. Like thirty, and then you get it down to under the twenties, and you're happy enough. Then, but then you have to concentrate on 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 carry training. We trained hard that time, like we were training four nights a week. I I love the championship training, the sprinting, all the rest of it, but I absolutely hated the stamina training. Go oh, I hated it. With passion, I thought it was boring. We do long, it was all laps. Like we, there was a sand track over in Riley's pitch, and I think seven and a half laps of it was a mile. We had it really? measured with the thing, yeah. But we'd start with that, like you do. To start with maybe 40 laps of it like in the wind, middle of winter now you know I talk about October, November and you and you, you're, you're really no hit from going around and the next thing like for a change you'll say we'll, we'll break it up and we'll run the other way we'll do 20 laps the other way that was the thing so I, I hated that no we all did in fairness but we all had to do it as well but then the championship training was, I look forward to the championship training because the championship training was all sprinting, yeah. you know, it was to speed work, and then it came to ball work. Ball work three before championships yeah. was good. Yeah. So. But you knew that, like, it was no good doing ball work if we hadn't the work before, if we hadn't the stamina work done, yeah. and the, 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 the sprinting work done. You know, the football wouldn't, you would, but it, you, to be fully fit, and everybody knows, you know, the current boys, and even it's club players that know, when you're fit, it's nice to play football when you're fully fit. Yeah. You're able to give of your best, and if you're beaten, then well, then you've given it your best shot, you have no excuse. So that that was me. I, I enjoyed, I did enjoy 84, but as you said, a lot of things sprung on me, but the first thing for me in 84 was to make the team. That was what I was striving for from the get-go. And and thanks be to God, you know, I, I, I the captain she came after, but I, I I forced my way on the team in eighty four and as the fella says, I, I said it was a memorable year for me anyway. And, and indeed um, for my family and for the club as well. Um that year that you we were on about there, did you go unbeaten that season? Was there some season around then that you went unbeaten? That was in the league, that was after I think we had well you see what's was to trick with us in the in our old time, we'd no back door. Yeah. It was knockout. And you know, I suppose that was fun against it. Like the only thing about knockout is you, 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 you have, you have to, to, you have to man up. There's do you no. Ra- do you that? I do. Yeah, I do too. There's, there's a bit more bite in it. Like you know, if you're playing a match there and you're down four or five points, you say, oh, well, so we, we, we have to go to the back door yeah, now. You have to go. Whereas if we're knockout, you have to keep going full no belt, choice. full kilter, and and like you, you have to leave no stone and turn and, and like you don't have a safety net. Yeah. So which is and it, it adds for it keys in the mind a lot more as well as if we were back door and human nature being what it is of course when you have a back door that your safety net is there but in our time it was your back door was that if you were beaten you, you could put them away for another 12 months then after that like yeah. concentrating your club for that team in 84 was it I suppose I don't know I don't want to say it wrong but was it kind of sink or swim free at, for that team absolutely. at that year absolutely yeah. I, 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 I don't think if if you had if Kelly lost eighty four, you certainly wouldn't have won eighty five and eighty six. Yeah. A lot of the boys would have decided, you know, because they were making a huge effort as well. And first people, you know, we always look at the winning, but there was fellas in that team that were making a huge, huge effort to yeah. train. They'd been true an awful lot. But the one thing I will say to you, if you train and every boys will not, everyone club level and all not, if you train hard and get you know, get get yourself to near enough perfect fitness. It's easy enough to stay there then. Yeah. Once you hit it once and get get the as the philosophy, get the miles into your legs, you know, and get the proper training in, you will find yourself. And even I said that to the, you know, Kerry in Dublin, 
No, the Dubs, they were a fantastic side. The present Dublin say they won the eight All Irelands in a row. But I remember talking to uh, Brian Finn and a couple of them. They had miles put on the legs. They had the training done. Do you know that we were saying, oh, we we can beat Dublin for 65, 66 minutes. Yeah. Dublin had trained for 78, 79 minutes. Yeah. We were gone the minute to 70, like to hit the bell. The minute it came to 70 minutes, we were we were done for. If we couldn't do it in 70 minutes, if Dublin were ahead of us, they were going to take Cynic. And that's and I was talking, even James McCarthy said it as well. He said they had built up such an energy level and, and a stockpile of energy that there was able to take them across the line. And, and after, I th- yeah, exactly. And I mean, just, like you must work to do that. And obviously they had worked very hard under Jim Gavin to do that. And yeah. they had built up. And it's a fantastic thing to be able to fall back in in a tight game that you know you have this reserve in store that you can ready to call and when you push the button it is responding whereas when you push the button and you have nothing in the legs it's a different feeling and that's that's why Dublin won and beat us in so many All-Irelands but I think the present crop of players now given our, 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 our physical training and everything else and our physical presence and the, the stature of our team we, we don't have to worry about that I think No, no, you're right 100% and um, and like they're back then and even Dublin out the last few years like you see even the, the legs they can run off, off the bench and stuff when oh. When they're when they're pushing on, I, I want to talk about eighty four there, another bit. It was um Dublin. They were hot favourites that year, were they? They were, they were. I'll tell you a story about Dublin and how hot favourites they were, and something I never dream of picking up. And and the players didn't either. That time, it was well known. We we we'd always stay in the Grand Hotel in Malahide, beautiful hotel, it was way out of the city. But we'd always go for a walk in the Strand, half eleven. You would walk down the Strand and. You'd be going, kind of going through the team and what where you wanted to play and, and who's picking up who and who we'd have to watch if some fellow was taken out, who's going to fall in behind him and all this kind of stuff. You go down as the team yeah. together, would you? Walking down, yeah. walking down the strand and uh, in Malahide. But we came up after the 84 All-Ireland and Miko had, while we were away, the walls were plastered. RT guide, believe it or not, it wasn't one of the tabloids. Well, the tabloids wouldn't, wouldn't really give us a chance either. But our TE guys had to, and it was the small of the paper at that time. The wall was, this Kerry team is oh, over the, the hill. The cowardly, this yeah, It's time to go to Clover. And though I looked at the wall and he said, lads, he said, I'm going to, I'm even going to talk about this. Said, I want you to look at this. And I never forget it. God rest his soul. I, I met Pio the following morning. We were at the breakfast. We'd have mass as well that time. We'd have mass, but we'd have the breakfast first. And I remember Paddy saying to me, he said, that was a great idea, by the way, wasn't it? I said, what do you mean? I didn't sleep a wink all night. He said, the hair was standing in my neck, he says, with temper. <laughs> he never slept a wink over it. And the boys were the same. But we, we never looked at papers. Purposely, we were taught not to look at the press. Yeah. But he plastered the... the, the the RT guide, it was the RT guide carried it. This Kerry team are over the hill. That says a lot of women, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we like. had a cup of tea then, like, and, and the biscuit going to bed, so I guess they wouldn't do them things at all now, but we, <laughs> we'd have, have have the cup of tea and uh, on to bed, but I'd never forget that. But I'll tell you a funny story as well. Pat Splann was, was, was room with me all the time, that time. Room 148 was our room. We ordered our own set room numbers. And uh, I was Pat Splann and myself, Paddy Shane, and private Tommy Doyle, Bomber Nogi, Jurlinch, Tommy Spillane. We all had pairs. And, so, and we stayed in those pairs while we were in Dublin for the matches. But um, we, we, were, we, we, were, we were staying in, 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 in the room. And Pat Spillane, at the time, his knee was coming back from the knee. And 
the, the, all the staff news, the hotel staff news, because they'd come to mass with us as well. Yeah. Then they were going to be on as well for the celebrations, and whether it was celebrations or whether we were going to be drawn to our sorrows. They, they were all present at the night with us as well. Yeah. Their families brought into the room. It was, really, it was like a family thing. And again, the wire wanted that. He wanted the staff that looked after us to be looked after as well. And we'd, we'd give them a free ban and whatnot. But this, this blonde, uh, I can't think of her name, it wasn't Madge. She was a small, she'd be about five foot six, a real dobno, blondie here. She'd be in her, yeah, uh, late 50s, early 60s. And Spillane said, would it be possible to get a hot water bottle? A hot water bottle? You know, she says, it's eight o'clock in the morning. You want a hot water bottle? And Spillane says, ah, for my knee, for my knee. Oh, Roy, Roy. <laughs> so the next thing she went down, she went up the hot water bottle. Spillane put on the hot water bottle. The next thing, about a half an hour after, sorry. Yeah, what's wrong with you? You want another hot water bottle? <sighs> he says, no, but could you fill the hot water bottle with ice? Ah, no, she says, stop taking the wee-wee. <laughs> and that time, when Spillane had the cruise, he told, you'd have to put hot water on it, and then you'd have to put ice on it. And the one was like, Ah, no. Well, you go away, will you? <laughs> there was no such thing as massage guns and stuff then. No, not at all. But the woman, I, I will call her Madge for the sake of... Uh, uh, there was one of them was Madge, but... Yeah, ah, go on, will you? You stop taking a wee-wee. <laughs> Spill out the butt water bottle. And then he wanted to put that water bottle full of ice and put it on his knee. But, I mean, stories like that, you wouldn't... You wouldn't. Or, and I'll tell you one thing about that, 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 that inside in the room, that morning, he stood at the window... He was in the pair of togs and he was flexing his knee and stretching and he said, and he looked at me, I, I don't know what I was doing, I was watching television or something, he said to me, he said, I'll tell you one thing, he said, Rosie, I'd hate to be the man that's marking me today. Straight oh, out, man. out of the blues. He looked, look out the window and I said, yeah, good man, that's the way to go in. But he did say, and he meant it. Really? He didn't say them things lightly, that's a fact. I'd hate to be the man, he said, that'd be marking Pat Spillane today. He knew. And he proved it as well after. The, um, game. That game, I remember... Reading up on it there, I think there was only two Dublin forwards scored on that, That's and that right. Bernie Rock was, um, Bernie Rock was top scorer that year, and right. Jack O'Shea got Player of the Year, I think, didn't they? That's right. That's what was right. it? What was it like? I suppose what was going through your head, and I, I want to move on to a few bits about radio now and commentary and stuff. Mm. But um, what was going through your head at that age, Captain and Kerry, and especially being the centenary year? Yeah, well, I I had. I, we had, I suppose, a minor side in 1979. We lost to Dublin by a point, and I had the, the nightmare of all games. And I was at midfield, and I was playing good football the same year with the minors. But the final, we were beat Dublin beat us by a point. And that Dublin side, I suppose, you had Canavan was on it, Buckley, Kieran Duff, Barney Rock, John O'Leary. They were all on that Dublin team that beat us in yeah. 79. I beat us by a point. We had a good minor team that time now as well. Tommy Dean, Tommy Sheehy. Bally Longford, and there was Michael Crowley, Stacks, Cooney, Stacks, Anthony Shannon, now Pad, and we had a reasonably good minor team as well. Uh, but the beat us by a point. Good I knew a lot of the boys. Yeah. There? It was. But the Dublin side beat us. And I, I remember in 84, I hadn't met him after so my first meeting with Barney Rock and, and, and Duff. And, and you know, it, it kind of focused the mind as well. That we that, that kind of said, you know, I, I have to do well here because. You can't come to Dublin a second time and be beaten again in our eleven final yeah. by these fellas. I was and actually with him about three weeks over in Iraq and saying, Lovely Scott. fella. Lovely man, isn't he? Lovely man, lovely man. Very he's nice. actually very Oh, he is, yeah. But there were a sound bunch of men. What I liked about the dubs, you know, win or lose, you would have a drink with him after. Yeah. 
you could take the head off him in the football pitch and they do likewise to you but you, you, you're appointing after Dr. Pat O'Neill case in point Neil got to break you up on a football pitch yeah. but I mean, you meet him after and he was a gentleman that was the way it was and they, they held no grudges that was, the, that was the way it was and it's a great thing about them that's why they have so much respect for, for, that, for the dubs that's the way they play like, yeah. they don't hold grudges but it's on the pitch it's open season when you get off the pitch you forget all about it and you have a drink and you chat that's it and I think that's, that's, that, that's important as well after I suppose after your career now and stuff moving on you you obviously do massive on Kerry Radio now with um, co-commentary with um, Tim and stuff but did you always know that you wanted to go in to that or did you ever think of going to like TV punditry because I remember it was at Liam Higgins I've written down that he he asked you to co-commentate in the O'Donoghue Cup match that's right is that how it all started that's how it all started Liam was over at, at um the Kingdom in, in in London and we were coming back and Liam rang me, he said, is there any way, he said, you could stand in, he says to me, because he said, I'm doing a commentary and you will help me kill Common and Guinea Gwilla in the Odin Hook-Up final. That was it. The final? The final, the Odin Hook-Up final above in the park. Go away. <laughs> and I was great friends with Liam, you know, I, I'd, I'd be, God rest his soul, I was great friends with him. I thought Liam was a character, I enjoyed his company and uh, I, I done it with him. I, I, and you know something I just kind of fell into it by pure accident I once uh, there's no good say I wanted to do rather than him and I feel love it that's, that'd be lies I fell into it that's the way I fell into it now and I'd done it and, but uh, you see I'd, 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 I'd be often interested in football and what, what I love about what, what they're not doing the commentaries you'll see a pile of games that you normally wouldn't go to see if I'm telling the truth for no I wouldn't be I mean I wouldn't get up and go out to the trouble to see yeah, a game yeah. and not carry a game in Trillie whereas if you're with the radio you have to do it and you see so much and I'm going to the stage now where if you look at a young lads game, we'll say a minor game, and then God, will God give us all help? You'll look at him three years time. You can say, I remember him now playing minor. The development, exactly. And yeah. you want to see how he's coming on. Now, we we do all the minor games at that stage. Then I was having team, but now these fellas are, you know, they're twenty, twenty-one years of age. You know, saying to yourself, I kind of picked him out now, and I want to see how they're going. And it's fascinating. I remember names like that. I remember young fellas and. I'd always remember, you know, where they were playing and everything else, and I enjoy it. And you know, it's lovely to see him coming up along the line yeah. you know, and watching David Clifford like develop into what was. And we knew he's a different species altogether. Oh, he's he's taken to a totally new level altogether. See, one of the top two, three. Well, big team for me. Yeah, I mean, you must and people forget about David is a fine cut of a lad. Do you know what David? Actually, I wanted to ask you. I remember. I don't know what game it was, but you were he got two bookings in a it was it League Laskins Tyrone and you were saying that players like David need more protection. protection. Yeah. And, and I, I stood over that and I felt and I actually felt that the national media like that they should have done a lot more that time to highlight what what happened because what happened that day was like and it, it this to me like is stuff that it, it is designed and, 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 it, and it's I call it septic because I mean they put a man on him to take a yellow, yeah. and David had a yellow got. They brought him on off the bench to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. To force David, and like, and I'm talking to you, know, it was nasty what he did, like. Yeah, you know? it was. It was real nasty stuff, like, and he was going to take the card, but David, by virtue of the fact that on the second yellow got sent off, and the referee bought it, like. Now, the referee's not a fool either. There's no referee that's refereeing the games. It's not shot of intelligence. Yeah. But for me that day, I thought that was... And you don't want that stuff to come into football. No, absolutely. That's something that you don't want to come out. But I mean, but that's entirely up to a referee's judgment calls and everything else. And an umpire call. Yeah, yeah. They'd have to get more involved in the linesman. The umpires have nearly 
they have a better view of a lot exactly. of what goes on. They have they? a course. They have a course and a linesman. Yeah, yeah. The two linesmen, they can see what's going on. Yeah. But like, you know, like my father said, God rest his soul, there's a lot of fellas on you see what they want to see. Absolutely. They don't see, they yeah. want to see the whole picture. He's dead right. <laughs> we want what's your um what's your opinion there now, just before we finish up on and say because I know I'm the kind of person like games now we've seen a lot over over the last two, three years, a lot of club games especially being decided knockout and stuff, being decided on penalties. Oh, I, I'd be, it drives me completely bonkers oh, the two why was, they can't just do a, a replay. What the two, I said it to Joe, I mean, if that was going to stay on, I, 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 I wouldn't be responsible. And I suppose I, I put their hats and their mouth enough for times if 10 games are tight, what I could come out with. But and <laughs> if I was to see a game finish on penalties, that's not part of the GA ethos. It's not the way we play the games. Drives and let's be honest about it. And, and like what you'd have to say with fellas coming up, you see, you set up a committee and these committees feel they have to come up with something to justify yeah. their means of being a committee. And like there's an old saying, if it's not broken, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Yeah, it's so true. And, and this is the other thing. The only other thing that I, and this is a little pet thing I have, for the life of me, I can't understand if I see a man winning a, a sideline kick or a free kick 50 yards from goal, kicking it back 30 yards. I can't understand that. Like. Yeah, yeah. The whole history of the game is about putting the ball forward putting scores on the scoreboard. And now, fair enough, if you're against a strong wind or if you're maybe up seven or eight points, by all means, throw a nod, nod, nod ball back maybe five or ten yards. But this kicking, the first thing they're doing now, it, like, and I've seen it in our own carry players, they'll go to the sideline kick. The first thing they'll do is look back. Yeah. They won't look forward. Even forward, if they look yeah. forward, to pacify me a small bit. But, look, but no, they'll go up and they'll kick the ball back. To the stop that. Like. like. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, to something I would do. But yeah, you're, 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 you're dead right. Our, our games are good enough. And I think, to be fair to Kerry and Dublin, and you'd have to say Mayo as well, they've kept the game going the way we... Like, you, you could watch it. No, there's a lot of football teams that you, you'd, you'd rather watch pay and try. Like, you're making a mark ball. It won't stay in. I, I, I was for it originally, but when we, we don't use it enough. Don't even yeah. use it. David Clifford. David and he does yeah. it to great effect. Like. Yeah. And and I mean, if you can use it and learn to use it, it would be a great, it's a great sword in our army. So because he kind of breaks up the game playing stuff a lot. does. But what it does for likes of David, David is a fine cutter man. Yeah. David is very strong over his head. Very strong yeah. man. I mean, it's very few old field David Clifford. Even midfielders know. Even, very his, few even his IQ, like to see oh, the game, reading exactly. ball and stuff. But he can put the hand up like, and that's yeah. a given score, like. So, I mean, you know, but I, 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 I could see, I don't think they'll stay in the game, I'll be honest yeah. with you, I think they'll, they'll probably move away from it, but, yeah, but like I said, you know, they wouldn't want to be in too much tinkering with the game, because it's not that bad, like. No, no, absolutely. Um, do, do you feel like uh, yourself and Tim, your box office movie some days, I, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> laughing at the movie, but, um. Well, the great thing was we don't always agree. That, that, uh, we <laughs> certainly, we're certainly not on the one page with that. And he calls it, and I call it. And I mean, both of us, we seem to argue a lot about referees or whatever. But yeah, yeah well, that's the way it is, you know. We, I'd say both of us enjoy what we're doing. We look at the game, and I suppose what we don't want is two zombies no. agreeing with each other. That's no. that's no. Well, I, I said that won't ever happen with me anyway, and I don't think it'll definitely happen with him because. <laughs> <laughs> You won't leave each other. What do you um? How important do you think that commentary is for people over in say South Africa and over in America? Do you feel like yourself and Tim are kind of carrying the torch from yeah, the, Liam and Weishi? I mean, yeah, but I mean, look, you won't, you will never follow Liam and Weishi. They were, they were, they were, they were the, they're to me were the kings. But what I, what I'd find about it, and and I'd meet people from America, and it amazes you the people that they text you on the phone coming after the match after, like. Boy. 
It means so much to people. It doesn't matter who's doing the commentary. It's virtue the fact that they can listen to oh, a game that's going on at home thousands of miles away. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're actually, it's like that, that you're sitting down looking at it. And that's important as well. And I suppose from, from, from and Tim is good at known fairness commentary, it's important that you bring the game to people. Yeah. That they know exactly that just like they can visualise what, what, what you're saying, where the ball is and, and what's happening. And, and Tim, to be fair, Tim is very passionate about what he does as well. And I think that's what, but as I said, to answer your question, to talk to people abroad, it means an awful lot. America, yeah. my own nephew was abroad, you know, my own son is in Germany. They listen to the games. And yourself now, of course, you're, you're, you're up there with them. Trying to, no, eh? Listening to Ian's programme, no, you're well up there, my friend. I must, I must be doing doing something right. Come here, Ambrose, thanks so much for coming in now, and I appreciate it, and like Not I said, problem. I get you in before the Spong and Equal again. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know, it's the 2nd of December now, so I can almost say, happy Christmas and have a great, great one to yourself and all the family. Right? And the same to you, to you and yours as well. And as I say, let's hope for a good game tomorrow between Spong and Equal, and that we get the right result. Absolutely. Now, unfortunately, that's all we have time for tonight. I hope you all enjoyed the show and I appreciate you tuning in as always. A massive thank you to Ambrose for coming in tonight for a chat. I hope you all enjoyed it, because I certainly did. If you have any questions or requests for next week's show, you can contact me through my Instagram, enoconnell321, or through my email address, ioconnell at radiocarry.ie. I hope you're all having a great week. Stay tuned in to Radio Kerry because Brian Priestley is up next with That's Jazz. I'll be back at the same time next Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Until then, stay safe and mind yourself. You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8 p.m. here on Radio Kerry.